Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Flowtrack Podcast. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. My name is Kevin, joined by Lincoln. Lincoln, what day is it today? Uh, wow, Wednesday, December 16th. Okay, good. Want to make sure we get that yeah. out of the way at the top. That's mm-hmm. your job. You can listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and watch us on flowtrack.org slash flowtrackpodcast. Tomorrow and the next day, we're going to preview the marathon project, which is coming up this weekend. And then next week, we're going to get into the end of the year stuff. But we want to do a little bit of end of the year stuff today and talk about biggest breakthroughs of 2020 because we had a little space in the calendar and I didn't want to do the marathon project preview too early. Wanted to wait, wanted to go through one last time from the start list, check some PRs because Gordon wants to do that draft style. So I really need to have. My facts in order before we do that one. Yeah, he's big on the the draft type stuff. We're also Gordon and I have become big on making bets with each other, but not actually fulfilling the obligations of the bet, which feels weird. Mm-hmm. But we're I think it's I think it's now balanced each other out between our but last bet that we did with the the track meet draft, and then my bet of which Jacob or excuse me Joshua Chep, the guy was going to run under twenty six ten. I think we're we're about even, but I figure tomorrow when we do that podcast for drafting the marathon project, we'll probably have some bet that won't ever mm-hmm. get paid up. But in any case, yeah, he's he's big on that. I'm excited to to make my selections. Although I, I'm feeling now it's time for me to get some things wrong. I've gotten a couple things right in a mm-hmm. row when it comes to events. Um and so I'm I'm guessing I, that the person I pick is going to drop out for the marathon project and or the person I say that's going to not do well will win and break an American record or something like that. So keep your eyes and ears out for that. Are you going to pick somebody you wouldn't ordinarily pick and try to fool yourself? Oh, go get kind of zag a little bit. No, I think I mean, on yeah. the men's side, I'm going to not just for not just because he was on our show, but I think, you know, I've kind of staked my my uh claim with uh cj albertson on the men's side just you know the 209 treadmill guy um mm-hmm. and the women's side will be sarah hall so i i guess i've you know showed my hand already but uh i think the women's side is a little bit more predictable but yeah the uh i've hopefully have not jinxed either of those athletes hopefully they still mm-hmm. run well but we shall see jared ward's in the mix and obviously the men's field is scott fobble as well and a couple other good guys it's gonna be good races mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a matchup versus Gordon in the men, and then I'm going against Gordon in the women. I think this should be the tiebreaker for you guys, the bet to end all mm-hmm. bets. And then whoever yeah. wins, you could almost call it a loser leaves home situation. Loser you leaves could. town. Yeah, not home. Gonna... You don't you don't get evicted. Sorry, that's not true. Yeah. Loser leaves town. Uh although you've already I left town. That. You're in Taylor, Texas. Yeah. You're no longer in Austin. But <laughs> you got to pay up on these bets. They're a lot more fun. I'm going to give Gordon your Venmo info, and then he's just going to message you constantly until you have to change your ID. Yeah, basically. 
Yeah, I think I may even owe him money from like March Madness 2019. It's it's not really? <laughs> it's not great. Which is, I'm taking equal responsibility as well. I need to stop. I mean, it's, these aren't significant gambles. Like this isn't Michael Jordan on the airplane, like you know, a thousand bucks a hand or anything. Yeah, but still, I probably owe him thirty dollars. He owes me beer, which I mean, I I don't need that at this point. But you know, in any case. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've got to settle these bets or they're, they're kind of hollow. Gordon, I talked about this before. I, you weren't on the show though. Who would you bet a, a huge amount of money on right now to win Olympic gold? In the marathon? Or just in, in any, any event? event? In any event. You have, like, if someone said, if someone gave you, like, even odds on, like, Noah Lyles, would you put like it on Noah Lyles, like would you bet a significant amount of money on a track and field athlete right now to win gold next year? Yeah, I I would bet good. I would bet on Lyles, maybe even on Brazier and Chariot. I would probably Mm -hmm. go there. The women's side, maybe Shelly Ann Frazier Price, although obviously she's, you know, her, her de- well, that's age decline. That's risky. Coming, that's yeah, risky. Coming at any point. Uh, but, but on the men's side, I feel good about those three, the Lyles, Brazier, and, and Chariot, that, that I would, I mean, significant amount of money. It would still be in the three digits. I'm, I'm not in the business of betting in the four-digit numbers, um, but, um, but would feel pretty good about my bets in, in, in those cases. You wouldn't bet four digits on – like Mondo or Krauser or Lyles? <clears throat> I mean, I, I guess so. Here, the problem, I some of that is I'm I wasn't think I was just thinking running events and which was foolish, but because you know track and field. But um, I don't know. Now that I think of it, I mean, I you know Mondo's been so good in Krauser. I'm sure that I would also put money on those guys. Although you know they 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 have shown that they're they have. When it comes to the the championship events, other uh, their competition rises to a, to another level, and I know they've gone to another level this mm-hmm. season. But I don't know. I mean, I figure Kendricks will still mount a challenge in the in the pole vault, and and Kovacs or uh, uh, Tom Walsh will be there in the shot put. I mean, it doesn't look like it at this point, but give it till mm-hmm. give it till uh, the summer, and and maybe the things change. No, you're right. The, I should have said those those guys as well. Well, I don't want you to risk money. I'm just saying, let's say half your salary. Is there anybody you'd bet half your salary on right now? No, no, because I don't. It, it, no, 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 no. A no, quarter no. of your salary. That's like saying, that's like saying, you know, I, I'm going to bet half my salary that this extra point's going to go through, and somehow the kicker who's thirty <laughs> for thirty on field goals of fifty-five yards and above this season is misses a, a seventeen-yard kick. It's just no, it's not worth it. No, I don't. Really, I don't trust anybody. You wouldn't, be, you wouldn't put half Hamstring your salary on an extra weight. point being made. Oh, I, I'd put it on it. I'm not even a gambler, and I would put it on an extra point being made for sure. Well, but the the yeah, but the okay. I mean, so you could yeah, it would be nice to win, but the horror of losing would be so bad <laughs> that it'd be over real I, quickly. I, it's over. It's not like a marathon yeah. where you're watching you know Kipchoge fall apart and <laughs> a huge sum of money. The extra point, it's uh, it's over pretty quick. You're yeah, either gonna be like happy or you're gonna be okay. So it's like this extra point goes through. And you are all of a sudden a world-class marathoner. However, if they miss it, I'm going to blow your leg off. And it's like, uh, I can live without being a world-class marathoner. So I'm going to just not take this bet. But like, what's the success? I'm looking this up. Success rate of extra points. It's like, it's got to be 97% or higher, but. 94%. Okay. 94%. I think you should do it. Not the blowing your leg off thing. But I think if someone ever offers, <laughs> I'm just giving you a little bit of life advice, Lincoln. I'm a couple years yeah. older than you. If anybody gives you those sort of odds on an extra point being made, I think you should take it. Yeah, I think of the the meme of the like the bad. I don't know what it, what it was like bad luck Charlie or whatever. Like you know, you take mm-hmm. a huge bet and then you miss. I mean, imagine the shame and the embarrassment of like you l- took a huge bet on something like that and like and then uh, then you miss that and then and then everyone ma- mocks you forever. I think mm-hmm. of. Just the other night, Monday Night Football, where like millions of dollars were uh, in the in, in bets were shifted because of the the game ended in a safety and the cover was blown or something like that. It's just there's too many weird mm-hmm. things. I, I that's why I'm not a gambler. You know, I just like to gamble with Gordon because I know there's a pretty high chance that we're not going to ever pay it off. So <laughs> I just that's that's what I. <laughs>
my one person right now would be Lyles because you I don't think? see any competition to him. And so it's just basically a bet on can this guy be healthy? If this yeah, guy is yeah. healthy in two races, the Olympic trials and the Olympics, that's what you're betting on there because there's nobody who's going to be close to him. We know his record yeah. uh, is stellar over the last couple of years. But even Mondo, I would freak out about him going out at an early height or just you know having a bad day. And also, he's got competition he's that's r- relatively yeah. close to him. Yeah. If it was Krauser, I'd be worried about Kovacs or Walsh. Uh, Muhammad, obviously, you're worried about Sidney McLaughlin. Yeah. There's no – like you wouldn't – you wouldn't jump at any other, even Kipchoge. You wouldn't jump at too many things can go wrong in a marathon. But I think Lyles would be the guy. Lyles would be the guy yeah. for me right now. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Just the different, the volatility of different events and and the mm-hmm. lack of competition. No one, everyone avoids the 200 except for the best sprinter in the world right now. Oh. It's very strange. You can follow up with me next year after the Olympic 200 final. You can tell me, hey, Kevin. Your house has been repossessed, or hey, Kevin, you won another <laughs> house because Noah Lyles won the two hundred, and we'll see how that smart bet or- you made on a podcast was actually legally binding. So <laughs> uh, that's tough. We had to call the bank, and uh, sorry, man. <laughs> hope, hope your family can fit into a, a hotel because that's that's where we're headed. Okay, we've stalled enough. We've stalled enough no. to get our breakthrough athletes of the year in order. Uh, do you want to go in any particular order here, or is this random? order well i'm looking through this list i mean there's obviously much bigger uh we're 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 operating on a sliding scale here obviously a lot Mm -hmm. of these all these athletes have scored major breakthroughs and are some just much bigger than others so Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you want to start smaller i guess it is subjective but start smaller and then work up or start with the big names i mean i kind of prefer to start with the 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 larger scale and then maybe whittle our way down. Although again, like I said, it's subjective. So you, you just start wherever you feel comfortable. Well, what I try to do, and you helped a lot in this list too. So it wasn't just me. Uh, What I tried (laughs) to do here (laughs) is that, yeah, somebody who's 2020 stood out from all other years in their career. So you're right. I have some people here who won athlete of the year, but that's just because this year was so much better than previous years. So I did not include mm-hmm. people who had previously won gold medals, but I put people who broke world records this year because this year marked such a huge improvement from prior years. We have college represented. We have pros represented. We have people who we think of more on the American side of things in terms of, hey, it'd be amazing if they made the Olympic team next year. And then we have mm-hmm. people who have obviously been at the top of their event this year. So I'll start with Christian Schweizer who went from 1445 down to 1426 this year in that 5,000 that was run by the Bowerman Track Club. You forget this as well too, Lincoln, because it happened so many months ago, that 3,000 against Shelby Houlihan Mm. at BU where she ran 825 and got the American record. So she got an American record. She also beat the best woman in the country at that distance. She also ran four flat for 1,500. I think Christian Schweizer for sure makes this list. And if you want to add a couple extra months, it is crazy to think that her PR in the 5,000 on October 1st, 2019 was 1,501. And now she's at 1,426 because she went down right. from 1,501 to 1,445 by the time she left Doha. And then this year, another 19 seconds off. So I think Christian Schweizer had one of the biggest breakthroughs in all of 2020. Yeah, we kind of saw her initial breakthrough happen in real time in Doha when she PR'd mm-hmm. in both rounds uh, at the World Championships and kind of thought, oh, that's her next le- that's her leap up into the to kind of the level she's going to operate at for a few years and didn't know that I guess we should have seen that she was going to have another level to go here and you figure this is kind of where she'll stay for a little bit but if she keeps you know ascending higher she's going to be a challenge to her teammate Shelby Houlihan for for years to come and you know could be you you think someone this young whatever she is you know 24 25 um 
got a real good shot to to challenge for a medal at this point. 1426, she does operate in the shadow of Shelby Houlihan a little bit. Um, but when you beat Houlihan in that 3000 and show the, you know, the necessary foot speed to really be competitive on the international stage, it's someone obviously you have to take seriously. And so she's raced so sparingly this year that it's like, well, we still haven't really seen the full measure of what she's going to be able to do in 2021. So, uh, again, I'll say it, Houlihan obviously gets the attention and everyone will focus on her and what she can do in the, in the, the 5,000, uh, as well as the 1500, but Swizer is, you know, was going to have a real shot to get a medal in, in 2021. And that mm -hmm. is not something we could have said, you know, in 2019. So obviously this has been a huge year for her. Yeah. The speed is still there as evidenced by the big PR in the 1500, where she almost broke mm -hmm. four minutes. To me, it's just the competitiveness. The fact that she closed the gap on Houlihan just speaks volumes. The PR is nice, and I'm sure she's glad she has it. But the fact that she's that close to to Houlihan in the 5,000 is, is and beat her in the 3,000 is is such a promising development. You could probably say if there was a breakthrough event of 2020, obviously the half marathon would be up there. But the women's 5,000, I think, is a close second because of what happened. And that brings me to another athlete here, uh, Latensa Petkade, who went from 1423 down to 1406. Now she previously had won a silver medal, but I don't think anybody heading into the year thought by the end of 2020, Latensa Petkade is going to be the women's 5,000 meter world record holder. And she's going to run 1406. I don't think there was a single person out there other than maybe her and her coach who really, and maybe mm -hmm. not even them, who thought 1406 mm -hmm. would be what we would see out of her this year. No, the women's 5,000 world record was not something I had. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should have if just thinking of all the talent that's there, but it, that world record going down, just considering not too many people had come too close to it in the, in the, in the, the year since it was broken in 2008 by Tiernesh de I just didn't have that one on my track and field bingo board this year, even thinking going into the year was going to be a full season. Uh, but it's especially for Gaudet, uh, who was just kind of a secondary figure, you know, it's like, oh, she got silver in the 10,000 last year, but that's Safan Hassan's event. I mean, she crushed her. Mm -hmm. So I know I, uh, you know, I'm not getting a Christmas card this year from Latenza Bet Gaudet. I, I, we, if we look back a couple months ago, I was critical of what her breaking the record said, but I think I uh, will be proven probably ultimately incorrect when she eventually will have gold medals to, I guess, in my strange mind to validate her, her world record. Uh, she had a huge year just simply in that one performance um, that mm -hmm. it just shows that she's a step higher than I think most people understood her to, to be. So um, despite the fact that, you know, she may not be a dominant force in the 5,000, just running 1406, like it, 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 it elevates her in any event she's going to going to be doing be at the five or the or the ten. Not a gold medal favorite by any means, but certainly somebody who you have to strongly consider uh, just based on that one run. Yeah, and you could still say she's yeah not the favorite, and still say she had a massive breakthrough this year. And I mean, mm -hmm. anybody who gets down to fourteen oh six. Is is I mean, it's a stunning event. It's one of the most surprising times of 2020 which we'll talk about biggest surprises of the year when we record more of our end of the year awards next week let's stay around that same event group but go to the men's side of things jacob kiplimo your guy ends the year with 1248 726 a world half marathon championship and a 57 37 PB in the half marathon, which is the second fastest time ever. So 1248, 726, 57, 37. How about that for some PRs, Lincoln? Huh? Yeah. It's hard to even remember what we knew Kip Limo for before this year. Um, it was, you know, he got like a, what, a silver in the world half championships. He was just exclusively kind of in the shadow of Chep the guy and, Mm -hmm. it, it, again, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but it, it, you know, it's crazy to think that he's kind of elevated himself in a year where Chep the guy broke both the five and the 10 world records. Um, it was a, just a phenomenal year from him. And, you know, I think he's, he's so good now that we can say he's going to be a threat to Chep the guy in the 10,000 and, you know, 
possibly in the 5,000, although the 10, probably more of his strength. Yeah, he's so young. I mean, he's younger than Jakob Ingebrigtsen. So uh, mm-hmm. whenever he moves to the marathon, you think he, he's going to be a, a superstar. 57-37 yeah. is obviously absurd. I know he got beat in that race, but... I mean, it's fifty-seven, thirty-seven. I, I, it's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable <laughs> that that he could he could run that so new into the half marathon and obviously get beaten there. Um, he's, you know, he's got, he's the kind of the rare guy where he, he's um, he could be an elite five thousand meter runner, runner right now. He is that, and it seems like he could be an elite marathoner right now. So he kind of, um, we don't know that for sure, but he's so good at the half. He kind of is. You, you know, different than even Cheptegei. Cheptegei is just ran one half, but you know, he Cheptegei may have some work left to do. Whereas Kip Limo has already kind of figured that distance out, so he's like, "Yeah, wow, you're 20, 20 years old, or what? You know, what nineteen, twenty years old? Do you want to do the marathon now, or do you want to do the the still stay on the track? Because the options are are there for him. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, he'll end up with a medal of some kind in twenty twenty one. I just don't know what shade and in what event. Yeah. And you look at his success in the half and the success in the 5k and you think, okay, he's definitely going to run the 10,000 next year at the Olympics and the 10,000 for the men is marathon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Triple. Why not all three? Yeah. Uh, but it just makes me think how hard it's going to be to medal in that 10,000. I know domestically we talk about the 5k team being harder to make because right now it is, but Internationally, if you have Sheptegei, Kip Limo, Ronix Kiprutu, maybe another one of these, maybe someone like Kibiwat Candy in there as well, who ran really mm. fast, broke the half marathon world record. In addition to Mo Farah, who we have to give credit for, we didn't see him much this year, but he's got 10 gold medals. Outside of reality TV. Yeah, yeah, he did not win in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of There, was eliminated in the quarterfinals, mm. but, but, but they got him out of there. He, got, he, 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 you know, ran on that, ran that hour record and is mm. showing some fitness, but, but there's five, six, seven guys in there that you could say yeah. have a really good shot at, at getting a gold, not just getting a medal, but getting a gold. So that'll be a fun one next year. The men's, the men's 10,000 in, in Tokyo, I think. Yeah. Because the Ugandan, the Ugandan. Yeah, the Ugandan presence combined with the traditional Kenyan Ethiopian presence combined with Mo Farah. Mm-hmm. It just adds yeah. another dimension to it. What does it take to be a good 10,000 meter runner right now? Well, your PB needs to be kind of getting close to 25 minute range and, and <laughs> or you need to have 57 minute half marathon speed. That's yeah. all. Or you need to, or you need like, to be able to clo- you need to be able to close in 52, you know, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. Let's yeah. Let's look at the last event that you and I covered in person, which hosted a bunch of breakthroughs. That's the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials. Um, mm-hmm. And Alphine Tulimuk, I think, could say had a big breakthrough this year. And Molly Seidel had a big breakthrough this yeah, year. Yeah. I mean, the, the, um, the top three, obviously, you, you know, you don't want to say Sally Kipiego because she's. You know, she's kind of operated two separate careers. Well, really three, you know, her college career, dominant. Mm-hmm. Her post-college career, she was good, but not the best. But, she, you know, she won medals. She medaled, yeah. And then, like, yeah, and then the the kind of the last several years has been a struggle. She became an American citizen and kind of thought, oh, her career's winding down. And then she comes up and does that. So, and makes the team. Um, she's obviously not a breakthrough because of what she's done before. But the other two, Tuliamak and, and Seidel, both, you know, if we want to package them together, um, Seidel had never run a marathon. Tuliamak still getting her feet wet in the distance. Um, mm-hmm. Huge years for them both. And, uh, you know, can't wait to see what they do in in Tokyo. Uh, I know Tuliamak is pregnant and will be having a child. So that will be a story on its own. And Seidel is still learning the distance, but she took a step forward in London and it just seems like she can kind of do no wrong this year, which is, is cool to see, you know, based on the struggles she previously had uh, when she started her professional career. So both of them are so it's just really, really cool stories. And uh, yeah, huge, huge years for them just in, in one performance alone, you know, you say huge year and then you think back and you're like, Oh, it's kind of just one race, but obviously the, the, that one race is career defining. So it's, it was a big deal. Yeah. 
It was clutch performance. Tulimuk was mm, yeah. incredibly clutch getting the victory there. Seidel raced a bunch more this year, which was interesting. You'd see her name pop up in a lot of different events. And I think she's in an interesting position because she has that amazing breakthrough at the marathon trials, surprises everybody. And if the Olympics were on schedule, maybe she'd do another tune-up race, but she wouldn't have another big race until the Olympics. And you could expect a little bit of a come down from that. Just how, mm-hmm. it seems to be how sports works. It's really hard to ride that high two consecutive races. But now that she's had a little right. bit of time to adjust and have races that weren't as good as the Olympic trials, I think it'll be beneficial to her next year to go into Tokyo having a few more races under her and not just kind of like living off the adrenaline of, of such a big race in, in, in Atlanta. It's, it's a unique situation. So you don't know for sure how it's going to happen, but you know, we've all seen it. The happy to be here thing, even though people say, Oh, I'm not just happy to be here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take advantage of opportunity, but it's, it's just so hard to recapture that, that not just the, the, the physical shape that you were in, but the emotional position that you were in that day when you made the team. So I'm, yeah, I'm interested I, to see both. I do think, both. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point for, you know, I, a big part of the, the U.S. marathon team. Obviously, we don't expect anyone besides Rupp to contend for a medal. I could be wrong, but, you know, that mm-hmm. you could say five of the six are going to be in the happy to be here category. But for especially for for Seidel and Riley, um, those without, you know, the big time experience, I think, you know, just having some distance from it and kind of now hopefully, you know, I know Riley hasn't run a marathon, but in Seidel's case, she's, she ran London. I think that, you know, and she ran 225. That was a tremendous experience for her. I imagine just being on another start line, being next to people she'll be in the Olympic marathon with, uh, is, Mm. is incredibly, is incredibly valuable. So, you know, it's funny, we talked about, oh, I know this wasn't going to happen, but we talked that when the, the Olympics were postponed, like, well, should they rerun this race? I know that was never a real consideration, but in reality, the time it's, 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 a it's, it's, I think it's kind of been a good thing for, for the U S team just to uh, allow them to, to recalibrate and really focus um, without having to come in with that mindset of like, well, we, the big race was Atlanta. This is just the celebration afterwards. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. just have to be that um, when you are, you know, given like inside Hill's case, get allowed to get more experience and, and get more mm-hmm. comfortable for the, with the distance. Jake Riley, I think deserves inclusion on the breakthrough list. This was his last, his last shot. And he, he came through two ten oh two, and, and get second and with a late run too to do it, moving, moving really well, grab the flag early as we've talked about a couple times on the show. Yeah. I almost didn't want to include him on this list because, you know, he lost that virtual race to Jared Ward a couple months later. Yeah, that really knocked him down a peg. But I said, yeah, yeah, you made the Olympic team. You deserve to be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a tough loss for him, uh, the virtual race. I think, you know, Olympic team, virtual race on Instagram Live, mm-hmm. it's tough. Uh, no, no, no. I mean that, yeah, obviously – in some ways, that was the story of the men's race. Obviously, Rupp dominating was expected, and 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 you know a story. But but certainly, with the way he you know passed people coming home, and and you know being a guy who was unsponsored, and you like like you said, kind of making his last last shot. That was a major uh, a major breakthrough for for him. So uh, and then he got sponsored a, a few months after. So it, it's been a it's been a great twenty twenty for for Jake Riley. Next up, next up, let's go. Let's go to Kira D'Amato. Kira D'Amato, who was at the Olympic trials, but made her name on the track and the shorter distances on the roads later on the year. She was 15th at the trials and then just took off from there. She ran that 15.04, 5,000 meter time trial once everything got shut down. She went on to run 58.57 and a half, 51.23, and got that women's only US 10 mile record. She ran a road 5K that was not verified, so we don't know the exact distance. It was supposed to be 5K in 1508, but more mm-hmm. importantly, she beat some some pretty big names there. 
Now she's running this weekend in the marathon project, but I don't, it doesn't really matter what she does in the marathon project. That's all just a bonus. She's, she's run right. 15 low. She's run under 69 minutes and a half. She ran a 51, 23 in the, in the 10 mile. This has been an amazing year for her. And I think she has a chance to make the team in the 10,000 next year. Yeah. And you do hate to cite age, but you know, it's less than the fact that she's 36, but more that just, she had just spent the first, whatever portion of her career, just being a kind of irrelevant in the U S stage. And she was work, working a job. I, I assume she's maybe still working a job. Like, I don't know her realtor, sponsorship yeah. situation, but yeah, a realtor. And she was a, co- a good college runner, not in any, in any um, situation. She's though, all she American a great a couple times. Yeah. But you just don't see somebody have a breakthrough at 36 usually. It just doesn't really happen. Um, I don't know. I feel like I it, broke through this year. Yeah, 36. Yeah. It's not yeah. the – yeah, no offense to the 36-year-olds out there. Uh, I'm actually a couple months older the, than her, so so just offend her and me at the same time. That's fine. Okay. It's not a perfect analogy, but it kind of – I want to give her the Jeremy Lin Award. Uh, you know, we think back to the early 2010s, Jeremy Lin – comes on, unheralded guy, and all of a sudden he's the star of the New York Knicks for eight weeks. Now, this has been longer for Kiara D'Amato, but that's kind of mm-hmm. on a smaller scale what this has been. It's been like, what is going on? Why is this realtor <laughs> now running 15 flat and beating all these good pros and breaking American records and and this, that, and the other? It's just, it was so unexpected. I mean, I don't think anyone outside of, you know, people who may have knew, known her in the Virginia area where she's from had heard of Kiara D- D'Amato, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't have. Speaking of bingo boards, I didn't have a a realtor coming up and becoming one of the uh, the the U.S.'s best five k and ten k runner uh, mm-hmm. in twenty twenty. I just didn't have that one on my board. I just didn't see that. Uh, I didn't. I, I usually that uh, doesn't happen. So, like I said, yeah. the the analogy they- for me is Jeremy Jeremy Lin kind of just popping out of nowhere and taking over for for a period. If they did have the track trials this year and she did get all the standards and time and everything and and made it to the to Eugene with a chance to to make the team in the five and the ten, that would have been a huge story. That would have been something where the general public really would have eaten it up for all the reasons that you described there. It's like, wait a minute, she she stopped running for a while and she's got a full time job. Like that that's a made for TV set up there and just how fast she runs yeah it was just un- un- unbelievable still so we'll see what she does in the marathon this weekend but it's not like that's the path to the olympics anyway because that race has already mm-hmm. been run although she's just shown pretty good range this year it wouldn't surprise me if she gets a pr there as well too given how fast the course is i really wanted to see her in that ten thousand for obvious reasons at the track meet and she didn't uh, run it she got food poisoning so she wasn't oh. able to compete so she wasn't able to compete there because I think that's obviously her, her event and that's it's a tough year to compete in that event because you know, as we've talked about on and on and on, the women's 10,000 at the Olympic trials is going to just be brutally difficult. But yeah, D'Amato definitely, when you think of breakthroughs, is at the top of the list. Get four more here on the list. We got four more on the list. Uh, let's go to your guy, Shura Katata. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made the joke at the time, you know, I didn't think when we had a, when London came down to a sprint finish between a Kenyan and Ethiopian, it wasn't the two that I uh, anticipated. We all hoped it was going to be Kenanisa Bekele and Elliot Kipchoge. Wasn't that, mm-hmm. I forget the name of the Kenyan who was there. It doesn't really matter because the Ethiopian one, it was Shira Katata, who had been solid, had run some good half marathons, had come close in majors, but to, to win this was a big deal for him. I mean, the the race still ended up being more about the fact that the Kipchoge versus Bekele thing never materialized. And then that Kipchoge had his worst race, his worst marathon ever. But mm-hmm. if you forget about that, which is hard to do, but if you do, <laughs> Shira Katata got a, got a nice, sure got a nice win. And you look at him as somebody who's, if, if, you know, an Olympic style race is going to be a championship race is, you know, he may not be may not be a guy that's going to be competitive if it's a two hundred two race, but mm-hmm. if, if it's a championship style and it's three or four minutes slower, he's I think he's got the he's got the uh, arsenal to to be able to to hang in and be competitive for a medal because uh, he's thrived in 
obviously this race and then he's done really well in new york in the past as well so he's a, it seems to be a building the resume of a very strong championship runner and this was kind of further proof you also put on this list kibiwat candy which i was going to quibble with a little bit because i said well, I oh, he's, he was already he was already known commodity but i guess if you pr by 66 seconds in the half marathon <laughs> uh we'll add you to the list well yeah and i and i had him simply because I guess he PR'd by two minutes back. if you go back to if you go back to 2019 his pr was 59 31 and he ended yeah. 2020 with 57 32 so he yeah uh he ran under he ran under 59 three times and yeah. then ran under 58 once so yeah i, I will I feel like that's yeah i feel like it's a it's a solid breakthrough um you know his marathon pr right now is 222 i feel like i don't know why but i feel like that's an <laughs> imposition to maybe go down a little bit uh he, he could go uh, out in 57 and then yeah i mean he was just break. another guy he, he was just another guy until this year and now all of a sudden obviously he's the marathon world record holder for how long who knows but uh we both like his racing style real aggressive it seems like and uh mm -hmm. i don't know what that holds for him in the marathon but he uh he's certainly a breakthrough guy it's easy to forget a lot of people because they some people break through so much that you forget that they came through that they were you know way behind they're so good that you're like oh they had to have been good previous they had to be really good previously and then in yeah. the case of kibby white candy he was fine but he wasn't mm -hmm. he wasn't the candy man you know they didn't they, no. they weren't calling him the candy man um yeah now they are yeah he was on a radar if you're paying really close attention to that half marathon cross country type of circuit, which is a whole, yeah. whole different level uh, of people who get noticed. Yeah. He was running super duper fast. He was running under 60 minutes and he was winning races in, in cross country. But this is, this is a big jump up. And even if he hadn't done, even if he hadn't run the 57 32, if he had run, uh, if he had missed Cam Orr's record and ran, you know, 58 three, you'd probably still, put him on here because he was runner up in the world champs and then ran 58 four, four straight times, which is, that's a lot of high heat, as they say in the half marathon business, Lincoln. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. And then he, he, he didn't just miss the world record. He broke it by 29 seconds. I guess another breakout would be the, uh, the new Adidas shoes. So that's a new, that's mm -hmm. a breakout performer of the year. It seems that, that they very good they got word that you're supposed to put carbon fiber in the shoe and then foam in there and then you know some mesh in and around you know they they, they yeah, figured yeah, out yeah. how to make shoes like 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 one other company that's done well and they uh they uh now finally have fi finally Adidas has some athletes performing you know because they don't have yeah. clogs anymore. <laughs> so do you want to talk now about whether or not it's ruining the sport? No, just kidding. Okay, let's go to our next person, our most accomplished person on the list yeah. because this person won world athletics athlete of the year but i think i think mondo duplantis should be included for two reasons one he's never won a gold medal he's never dominated the pole vault until this year and this year he dominated it he went undefeated yep. um against all his competition and he had some worthy competitors this year the second reason the second reason not only to get the world record, but it was a big bump up. Six oh five all the way to six eighteen is a is a healthy jump for Duplantis. So I think you can be athlete of the year and get the breakthrough of the year. I know it's like the end of the season cross country banquet where the coach likes to spread around the awards. So most improved isn't going to mm -hmm. go to the MVP or what have you. So you like you like to spread it around. So if this was banquet style, I probably wouldn't be giving it to him. But if we're just listing people who had breakthroughs. Uh, if it was banquet style, we'd all be eating like Little Caesars pizza right now. Um, mm -hmm. Well, not yeah. Um, I, I I would still give it to him on the list of like who had the bet, who had notable breakthroughs this year. I would I would include Mondo. Well, yeah, it's hard to think because this has been three years one, but you know we go back to 2019. Uh, he got silver not only in the World Championships, but he got silver at the NCAA Outdoor Championships. We knew he was going to be mm -hmm. fantastic, but there. We're still, you know, it wasn't automatic that Mondo Duplantis was going to come and, and, you know, not not that the Olympics happened, but win the gold medal in, in 2020. Yeah. It wasn't automatic at, at all. 
you know, you still had Kendricks as, as the favorite and other guys around him. And then he just kind of figuratively and perhaps literally launched himself into a different stratosphere this year for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Uh, it, it, you know, he just came out on fire to start the indoor season. Indoor season was arguably the best part of his season and uh, jumping mm-hmm. 618 and 617 before that. It's, it's unbelievable, and you have to call it a breakthrough. Uh, it's kind of hard. It's weird to think that he doesn't. I know he has a European goal, but he doesn't have a, a, a gold medal yet, and it's still, mm-hmm. even though he's so young, it's like the, this year was so good. It's like, you know, they give they give it like celebrities honorary doctorates. It feels like he should yeah. get like an honorary gold medal for this year. I don't know what it was. You know, <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's World Athlete of the Year. That World yeah. Athletics Athlete of the Year, but it, it it's still kind of strange to think about that, even though he's like 21 or 20 or something, that that he doesn't have a gold yet, just simply because this year was so otherworldly and and ridiculous. Well, let's compare him to the other two gentlemen who were his closest competition for Athlete of the Year, Warholm and Krauser, both of whom had massive years, the best years of their career, yeah. just in terms of marks. What's that? But Cheptegei, too, was... Another. Oh, sorry, chapter guy, chapter guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they all they all have golds. They all have yeah. golds coming in mm-hmm. into the year. So that's why I did not include them in terms of breakthroughs, even though they had sure. massive mark improvements this year. Or in Krauser's case, just the depth of performance was insane. So yeah. he ended in 2019. I don't think being the favorite for the next global gold. But he ended 2020 right. being the favorite for it, so that's sure. why I I put him on the list. Sure, absolutely, yeah, I I can agree with that. He, I mean, he's in some ways like literally changed the way we think of the pole vault. Because um, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone thinks he's done breaking the world record by any means. Right. You know, you had you know uh, people who know about the pole vault. I think of Sandy Morris, like we even back in February saying like, yes, he's clearing these 619s, but his hips are at like 1630 or sorry, 630. <laughs> like he's going to, yeah, yeah. he's going to, the, these world record that like he's going to change the way we think of the pole vault eventually. And this was kind of just the start of it. So it's inevitable that world record, or excuse me, uh, that gold medals are, are going to, going to come, but I agree. Yeah. Breakthrough candidate, certainly. Um, because you know, he was a phenom and now he's like, his prime has already started, which I don't think we expected this mm-hmm. year and certainly didn't expect for it to take on this, this next level. It was crazy. All right. We'll end with a collegiate athlete. And it was tough to put collegiate athletes on the list because their season was cut short and their racing opportunities were limited. But I still think Luis Grijalva belongs on here. And I know Gordon would mm-hmm. argue with me about this because he's always talking down Luis's performance is he's always saying, man, I don't know about that guy. He's, he's really unproven, right. but I'm going to stand up right now and say Grijalva belongs on the list, runs 1329, the 5,000 indoors, then drops to 743 in the 3000 indoors. And then the big one came to the track meet where he runs 1316 and wins the race against some good runners there as well. So if you want to take what I said, as the formula for the pro athletes and apply it to Grijalva, you know, who came into the year not being a favorite for a title, but then leaves the year becoming a favorite for the title. I think that is Grijalva. And you may say, well, he's not the favorite for, for cross. Okay. But indoor, outdoor, he's the favorite for something. 5,000, 3,000 indoors. It doesn't matter. He's a favorite for something next year because with those marks and just the way he attacked these last couple months, Grijalva's Grijalva's in another in another category than he was last year yeah it it feels without even having spoken to him it feels like a different like uh not just obviously a different level physically but like kind of um like a mental confidence approach you know when you when you go in and you know he's like let's take the last week's track meet track meet track meet uh Mm -hmm. He goes in, we know he's faster than his 1329 PR coming in. And you just feel like he's the favorite, even though there's other guys in there that mm-hmm. are like more accomplished than him. And you're just like, he's just operating on a different level than the rest of these people right now. Um, he's just in, in such rhythm. And yeah. um, th- which is the, the reason why he's a breakthrough athlete is that he's in rhythm in a year that's been anything. It's, it's been rhythm breaking, right? Uh, mm-hmm. 
he's he's you know he beat Connor Mance in in that OSU cross country meet. Well, okay, that's a cross country meet in a season that's not even a season. Okay, but there's just been performance after performance after performance where he continues to kind of be at this at this new level. So certainly a breakthrough is warranted. And yeah, he's going to if he doesn't go pro. Uh, before, which it seems like he's really hungry to win an NCAA title, so I don't think he will. But if he doesn't go pro before then, he he will end up with something. And it, it, at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if – I know there's some other good guys, but he kind of takes over for his last little bit of college eligibility. He could certainly win cross-country over Wesley Kiptu and 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 Connor Mance, although that will be tough. And then in the five and the three, I think that's going to be his domain where he owns um, – and mm-hmm. you know the five K outdoors as well. Uh, that's just how good it's been. And, and like I, I think the bigger thing, aside from the physical improvements, is that just he just is at a his mindset is is totally different. And I always kind of harken back to this. But when we had we did our documentary last year, and he was talking with Mike Smith about I, I don't want to just be a, a decent or you know a, an average college runner, which again he wasn't at that time. I can show you what an average college runner is, uh, but you know he didn't want to be a <laughs> average college runner he wanted to be good which was cool to see that in real time because that has been manifested right in in mm-hmm. in his in his last year is like that mindset it wasn't just for the cameras it was like very clearly it was him coming into that 2019 season saying i'm ready to take the next step and it didn't happen in, in cross country he had one bad race but since then it's happened and and he is yeah. uh now somebody who's all in all all expectations will be have a long and successful post-collegiate career and, and, and be a, you know, a target for groups and, and sponsors. He's, he's, nobody's elevated themselves more in the NCAA than he has this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His PRs just vastly outrun his championship results. And you'd think mm-hmm. 2021 would be the time when the championship results catch up to the personal best. That'll at least be, that'll at least be the focus. Because, yeah. you know, you don't go in and win. If you're not able to handle big-time competition, you don't go to that track meet race against those type of runners and pull out a victory. Yeah, cross-country mm-hmm. is going to be different and indoor championships are going to be different. But still, you're beating some some solid names there and you're really taking it to them as well. You're running aggressive. As you said, you're running as the favorite almost. So mm-hmm. I, I I agree with you. I'm I'm excited to see what he does in in 2021. Hopefully there'll be the full complement of championships to see him compete sure. in. I like I I'm with you. I I you know, he started that first year at NAU, he's run a lot of 1500s. So I think that mm-hmm. that 3k 5000 indoors suits him really well where the closing speed is is important. Um he's no slouch in cross country either, but m- maybe it's the track in that 5,000, 3,000 area that, that is his, his specialty right now, his best, yep. his sweet spot. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. All right. We'll leave it there. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We got a few emails, which we will read for sure. So thank you to those who wrote in. A lot of people correcting Gordon, which is good. Keep those emails coming in. Okay. One email that people want Lincoln specifically to read, which is interesting. So if you want Not Lincoln sure to read, yeah. What's your, I know there's a, you know, a, you're not on Cameo, obviously, but would you record people's voicemails for a fee? People don't even leave voicemails anymore, so that's not a thing, is it? Uh, hey, you've reached Kevin's phone. This is Flowtrack's own Lincoln Shrike. Leave a message yeah. to talk to Kevin. <laughs> I would do that. I'm yeah, just wondering if they I, like your voice. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, I, I don't think I have that soothing of a voice. This isn't like Morgan Freeman, but maybe, maybe I have a career as mm-hmm. a – you know, maybe I'm the next car commercial guy, you know, get, get mm-hmm. on down for the December to remember sales event, uh, 0% APR financing. Uh, I, I can feel that. That, that good. feels good. Yeah. That was pretty good. Right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's what, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, I was surprised as you were to, to read that somebody wants me to read a ge- kind of a, not a generic email, but an email that doesn't seem to come from anywhere other than them wanting to hear my voice. So, um, you know, if, if, if that's what the people want, I can give that to them. My voice is up for rental, uh, and is, uh, you know, just let me know what, what I need to do readings for. What are your thoughts on the Toyota thon? Yeah. Toyota. Uh, the, I just, I just, it's funny how ingrained those all are. Cause there was an SNL skit mm-hmm. about the December to remember. And then I just, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't even need, like, you don't even need, uh, like to know what brand that is, you're just like, oh, that's in my mind, and you know, the yeah. Ford, Ford truck, Ford truck month, and all the car commercial yeah. things, and you're like, 
Does advertising work? Yes, it does. Because I, I know of Ford Truck Month, even though I've never, I don't know what month it is. And I've never gone to Ford Truck Month and I don't care, but I, I mm-hmm. all the car commercial sticks, sticks I know. Have you ever been to Lobster Fest at, at Red Lobster? Because no. don't they have Lobster Month? No, I see those. Actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Toyotathon is smart because they put the name in the name. It does work. You know what? I what would not of, like. I don't December to remember. I don't know. That's like, Lexus. I, I would not have known that. It's, it's Lexus. Yeah, I would not know. Yeah, the joke. The joke with the SNL thing was that the husband bought the wife a a car, but and then she got mad because they couldn't afford the car, and he had yeah. borrowed the money. <laughs> he had borrowed the money from the neighbor to, to pay for the car. But well, I got you. I always wondered that. Yeah, there's a big red bow on it. Who is buying yeah. their significant Cars, other yeah. a car? for right i mean if you're not married that's crazy thing to buy (laughs) and if you are married you'd kind of want to talk about that unless you just have stupid amounts of money and if you have stupid amounts of money you're probably getting something above a lexus not that a lexus isn't expensive but yeah right right yeah you need to be able to if, if you're buying it if you're buying a car for christmas you need to have the type of money where you can pay cash for that because then you're because if not your spouse is gonna be like all right, so what's our interest rate? What's our monthly payment on this? This is I'm not happy yeah, about yeah, yeah. this. Like, don't buy me this. Nothing we have to finance. Well, it's like people who win cars on game shows. A lot of times they turn <laughs> it's them not down because yeah, have to you pay taxes. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the only time uh, being surprised with a car makes sense is is Sweet Sixteen. Mm, like kids, yeah. kids getting surprised. Not that I, yeah. not that I am ever going to get my kid a car for their 16th birthday. Not to say that's the right way uh, or wrong way to do it, but that actually makes sense. Oh, hey, look, here's the car because you're controlling the finances, and the kid's going to be well. The kid should be excited with whatever you get, and you've worked yeah. it out. You're not like, hey, honey, here's a Chevy. Well, Merry in any Christmas. case, in any case, the Take marketing this gigantic is not wrong. go off. Yeah. yeah. The marketing's not wrong because it will be a December to remember in 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 any situation, right? At some point, uh, that's true. All right, but well, yeah. no more, no more, no no more free ads. If they want to sponsor, yeah. they can sponsor. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. We will talk about the marathon project. Then, thank you to Elon for producing. Thank you to the Golden Voice of Lincoln Strike for co-hosting. See you next time.